We know about photographic memory, but what about virtual reality memory? Are other fruits evil or is it just pumpkins? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This This Paranormal Life! Hey, and welcome to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast in which every Tuesday, me, Kit Greer-Malvena and Rory Powers, who's sitting across from me, Every week we dive into a new tale of the paranormal and try to decide whether it's truly paranormal or not. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm not sensing a lot of energy from your corner of the room right uh, now. You know, I like to be I like to be upfront with the audience. I like, you know, it helps build a, a relationship. Uh, I'm hungover, guys. I'm hanging out my ass right now. Which is weird because it's Monday morning. Yeah, that's not a good sign, is it? I went out last night with a Canadian. Turns out they're wild. They like to do shots. Everyone focuses on the Canadians being nice thing too much and not not nearly enough on the how much they like to do shots bit. Apparently, it's quite a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, you know, but, I, but I'm a professional, which means I show up, I do the job, I get it done, and it's at an exceptional quality. You're in your underwear. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's I, far from professional. It's hot in the studio today. It's boiling. It's, not, it's winter. It's I, officially winter. Sweating my ass off. Um, also, if we could just keep it, if we could just keep it down this week, just keep the levels like a little low because my head is like there's a nail also, coming through. We're the back like an hour later recording because you yeah. insisted on ordering in Mickey D's first thing to the studio. Well, I got to get those hangover nuggets. It's the only cure for for a poison this bad. So as I said, it's not going to affect the show at all. We're here. We're getting it done. Just keep it down, keep it quiet though, and okay. also quite fast, because I'm going to be sick. It's a bad attitude to start this week's recording with, but uh, let's let's dive right into today's investigation. We got this, we got this. We begin today in New South Wales, Australia. It's 2003, and a young Aboriginal woman named Mary Pappen Jr. was walking in the outback when she spotted something strange. She was coming up to a stretch of dry clay when she spied what appeared to be a set of footprints. Looking closer, it was immediately obvious that these were not fresh tracks. In fact, they were so old they'd hardened into stone. Mary knew she had stumbled onto something remarkable and passed on the news of her discovery onto a biological archaeologist named Steve Webb. He was beyond excited to see them. It turned out these footprints were a good 20,000 years old and in immaculate condition. Wow. I guess the nature of the soil here and maybe the the, the, the sheer heat um, that's possible in this area of Australia just means it's kind of baking the clay into like you bake pottery, you know, to last forever. Yeah, that's why you don't commit crimes in the Australian outback because you're fingerprinting yourself as you're committing the crime. You're documenting your own footsteps, literally. The whole country is a giant ink pad. (laughs) I swear. Like I say, Steve was excited to see them. All right. What we've got here are some fossilized footprints. And you know, these are even better than skeletal remains because they tell us a lot about the people's behavior. All right. I didn't know our award-winning Australian accents were going to make a comeback in this episode. Not saying I picked this story on account of what accent I would get to do, but when you see how little evidence is coming down the line, <laughs> it's going to become pretty evident why I chose this case. There were all sorts of tracks, roughly 700 in total. 
There were prints accompanied by the indentations of a spear. One set had only deep impressions made by a right foot, indicating the guy had only one leg and was hopping along at speed. Wow. He could tell which footprints were left by men and which were by women. He could even deduce whether the women were carrying children and when they moved the baby from hip to hip. How does this guy know so much about feet? Maybe keep an eye on this guy. Maybe keep your eye on this guy. I don't know why he knows all this oh, stuff. I said he was a biological archaeologist. I think this is his... And a pervert. Area. Oh, <laughs> it sounds wow. like. Wow. Okay, just go <laughs> out and say it. You think he's a freaking pedo for this. Well, those are Rory's words, not mine. There's a lot of great, intelligent men throughout history who were just into feet. It's not <laughs> weird. It's not bad. We're everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. <laughs> but there was one ancient person's footprints who really caught Steve's attention. Crikey! Look at those ones. Look how far... Look how far... Look how far apart they are. <laughs> this guy's weird. I'm telling you. There's, this, is, this is not sitting right with me. How far apart they are? Sure enough, there was one set of prints left by a man clearly sprinting at full pelt. Oh, I see. Steve took every kind of measurement he could think of and couldn't wait to get back to the lab for analysis. The results made for fascinating reading. The man in question, nicknamed T8 for the study, <laughs> which is... Which is I think bad, because isn't the name of the villain in the Terminator movies like T2 or something? Yeah, the T-1000 <laughs> and the T2, yeah. So don't call him something. Don't call this uh, ancient man T-8. That's worrying. I'm starting to think it's a time-traveling robot. <laughs> well, T-8, it turned out, had been running at 23 miles per hour. Is that fast? I don't know how fast humans run. That is just short of Usain Bolt's world record. Whoa! Steve was majorly impressed. This is unbelievable. T8 was running in ankle-deep mud. I've worked out that if he was on a trek, he'd have left modern athletes in the dust. Wow. Bearing in mind, because depending where people are listening, they might live in a kilometers per hour area or miles per hour area. Um... The speed limit in London is 20 miles per hour for cars in central London. Uh, and this guy was running through mud at 23 miles per hour. <laughs> That's illegal. <laughs> That's beyond the swamp speed limit. 20 is plenty, sir. This is, uh, you know, this is maybe someone tapping into that primitive caveman energy. <laughs> you know, you think humans are pretty impressive now with our high jumps and our javelin throwing and mm. our shock put. The cavemen of old could probably bench press a bus. They had to be strong to survive. So, yeah, running through the mud at 60 miles per hour, like a f hairy caveman flash, that was probably just another day of the week. I love this approach, Roy. I think you're going to really enjoy this case. Even more impressively, T8 was apparently accelerating as he was running. Steve's investigation revealed that everyone that left their footprints in the region was in excellent health, tall, and extremely athletic. Hearing this, you might be thinking this is evidence of a race of early superhumans. And you're not the only one. Anthropologist Peter McAllister said the same in his book, Manthropology, the Science of the Inadequate Modern Male. Ooh. He actually made a few pretty bold statements. Uh, the book opens with the following sentence. Quote, if you're reading this, then you are the worst man in history. 
<laughs> no, no ifs, no buts, the worst man, period. As a class, we are in fact the sorriest cohort of masculine homo sapiens to ever walk the planet. Does he mean like, I feel like he's focusing on strength alone, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hitler was pretty bad in terms of the worst men in history, Stalin. You're kind of only proving the rule because Hitler lived very recently compared to 20,000 years ago. So maybe, right. the, I mean, I guess it's pretty accurate. The worst people are alive now. Yeah. The people who've killed the most people, even if you want to measure it that way. He said, any Neanderthal woman would have beaten former bodybuilder and current California governor Arnold Schwarzenegger in an arm wrestling match. Wow. McAllister points out that- That's hot, <laughs> actually. I mean, I'm not into feet, but I don't, <laughs> arm I don't wrestling. Are these, are these giant ladies, they're, not, they're gone now? They're not around anymore? Are they still here? This was 20,000 years ago and- yeah, but they're strong, right? And they can live for many, many years, like nah, now to, to, to today times. I mean, sure, there's strong women in the world. Yeah. And you like probably a, a handful that are comparative to these Neanderthal women. I mean, you shouldn't find it hot. Like Neanderthals are a different species. That's basically <laughs> bestiality. <laughs> You're talking about having sex with a monkey, <laughs> borderline. And these giant monkey ladies, they exist now in, in our world? No. <laughs> You're going to love gorillas, by the way. <laughs> they're alive now and they're strong and they're big. Like, you know what you're saying is wrong and you're still, you know they're monkey women. And these monkey ladies, they're single? Yes? No? <laughs> I mean, some of them, I guess. They don't, they don't understand the concept of marriage. So McAllister points out that Neanderthal women had 10% more muscle bulk than modern European men. So if they trained to capacity, they could have reached 90% of Schwarzenegger's bulk at his peak in the 70s. I mean, this is amazing. Absolutely nuts. I guess it's like, you know, we're talking about a time where every part of your day was doing something physical. Yeah. You know, there wasn't really, I don't think, a lot of ways to entertain yourself. Your life was survival. <laughs> you were doing standing backflips and cartwheels for mild entertainment in the evenings. That's all it was, yeah. Squats <laughs> to entertain yourself. Uh, and then the daytime was just, I don't know, fighting tigers and deers and eating meat and just living a grisly outdoor lifestyle. So yeah, if you spend your whole life doing things like that, you're going to be pretty jacked. And even thinking about Neanderthals, I think most people know that humans and neanderthals live side by side at some point not gonna lie we did bang apparently humans today are about two percent neanderthal because oh. um rory's ancient ancestors <laughs> couldn't stay away my great 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 grandfather <laughs> a monkey <laughs> and now humans have iphones so you're welcome <laughs> I'm the missing link. And now we all half have monkey, half human. <laughs> now we all have tailbones thanks to that. Um, wow, that's nuts. I think the popular conception is maybe that we like killed the Neanderthals. They didn't survive. We survived because we maybe hunted them down or something. We do love killing things. But I don't know if that's entirely true. Like even a Neanderthal woman had 10% more muscle than the biggest human man. I mean, that's just the, the story of... The human race. The only reason we've been able to survive is because we're just a little bit smarter than the animals. And even that's debatable at times. Yeah, because I've seen grown men fall into fish tanks and get eaten. Uh, so you're not actually that much smarter. 
you know, we think we're so much smarter than monkeys, but last time I checked, I have to pay to drink water. <laughs> so right. who's really smart? And McAllister also makes a pretty thought-provoking point about T8's footprints. Fossilized tracks like that are so rare. What are the chances that these footprints were from the fastest guy ever? What if those footprints represent the average running speed? Mm. Could this be evidence of superhuman abilities, Rory? Right, because what are the odds that that one just happens to be the fastest? <laughs> Usain Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this is this is intense. And to be clear, we got a little sidetracked there talking about Neanderthals and all that kind of thing. But these footprints were from humans, humans. not Neanderthals. Got it. Got it. Some sort of breed of superhumans. I'm glad you could be telling me anything right now and I'm be <laughs> believing it. He put the, he threw the word biologically and anatomically in a sentence. Uh, right now I'm a magical combination of dumb, ignorant, and hungover, <laughs> which means I'm willing to believe anything you say today. So before we continue, it's worth asking, what is a superhuman? Wikipedia calls it humans or human-like life forms with enhanced qualities and abilities that exceed those naturally found in humans. But if you notice, they say humans or human-like life forms. To me, that suggests there might be humans 2.0 walking around out there right now. Ooh. And there have been hundreds of examples of potential superhuman abilities throughout history, not just T8 and his mates. Roman soldiers used to run one and a half marathons a day, carrying half their own body weight on their backs. What? Ancient Greek Athens employed 30,000 military rowers, every single one of which could beat the oarsmen of today in a race. How do they... <laughs> Even I'm not sure. Uh, I need to research that one for, for uh, references. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it's true. Australian Aboriginals weren't just record-breaking runners like T8, but they could throw spears 110 meters. That's 12 meters further than the current world record for javelin. Oh my god. That's someone who knows if they don't hit something with a spear, they ain't eating tonight. <laughs> That's how you get those extra 12 meters. That's right. That This is insane. Look, I mean, is this the reason why all the carvings and statues of people from the olden days are all jacked as hell? All the dudes have like 12 packs, rippling biceps. I mean, goddamn, it's kind of pressure, right? Like in our society today, we sadly live in a kind of world where we talk about getting like summer body ready getting like beach body ready to be fair the pressure was even worse back then it's like oh yeah by the way when you die we're gonna carve into marble what you look like naked <laughs> like do i at least get a leaf for my gonads nah absolutely we're not. gonna carve in every centimeter every vein every stretch mark <laughs> And it's going to withstand time, by the way. This is going to be in a museum for hundreds of years. People are going to be taking photos of your dingling from all over the world. So that's what you really got to worry about is getting marble ready. Yeah. Marble body ready. So, all right, we've worked out that thousands of years ago, there were some potential superhuman abilities floating around, but I think we need some more modern evidence. I didn't actually know this show, but Researcher Amy uh, references a series from the 70s called Taxi. Apparently it had Danny DeVito in it, but crucially had an actress named Mary Lou Henner. And she had something called hyperthymesia. It's the ability to recall every single detail of your life. Whoa. Only a handful of people on earth have it. Somewhere in the region of 25 or so. 
She describes her ability as seeing little videos moving simultaneously. When somebody gives me a date or a year or something, I see all these little movie montages, basically on a time continuum, and I'm scrolling through them and flashing through them. Pretty cool. Wow, that's very vivid. Fair play to her for being able to describe this sensation so accurately. Yeah, I thought you might like that. It would kind of be easy for someone like that to say, uh, I'm born this way. I can't, I can't tell you what it's like. Yeah, yeah. If it's just a feeling. Like, I couldn't explain to someone what deja vu feels like, but she did a pretty decent job. She basically is, she can basically just scroll back through the iPhone photos of her life. And they're all documented there. That's it. That's crazy. Is it only so she can only? It's different to uh, photographic memory because she can only remember aspects of her own life, not just random stuff. I don't think it's just about her own life per se. She probably can remember details about other people's lives and and things in pop culture and stuff like that. My brain is a f-ing potato. I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone every event that's taken place in my life since I was conscious. Uh, That blows me away. I'm not like ragging on you at all, but I know recently you went through a spell of just getting trains in the wrong direction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) In in an area you've lived in for quite some time now too. That was a worrying week. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. That was a worrying week. I think we, we had just gotten back from a trip and uh, the week that I'd gotten back, I got, four wrong trains in wrong directions that were just my daily commute by the way i do them all the time uh missed my stop several times uh was late for every meeting i had that week sometimes by an hour uh it was a, i thought my brain was like crumbling to ash inside my own head that's uh mostly been resolved now i'm back on track don't worry about me guys all good yeah i feel like my brain is one of those you know <laughs> You know, one of those like supercomputers from like 1955, that's like the size of a, like my brain is the same size as everyone else's, right. but like looking back, those things were like the power of like a calculator. <laughs> yeah. A Casio wristwatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have this insane bulging complex brain, <laughs> but it's so old. All it can do is play chess <laughs> and not well anymore. Yeah. The game has moved on a lot since the computer was designed. But, you know, I think we're going to need something a little more tantalizing than photographic or just video memory. Let me tell you about Liam Hoekstra. He made headlines in 2009 as the world's strongest toddler. What? (laughs) All right, kids, show me a video of a small child performing what looks like gymnastic moves on a bar at a gymnasium. I mean, he doesn't look like a... He doesn't look like a particularly bulky child. <laughs> All right, we are we're a minute into this video and the child is yet to do anything I would describe as remarkable. Well, the child did one chin up, which is pretty <laughs> good, which is good for a toddler, I'll say. Now he's just walking. He's just <laughs> walking in a straight line and the the parent is making it look like that's incredibly impressive. Now he's doing sit-ups very poorly by the way. The form is all over the place. But Compare him to the other toddler. Right, okay, there's a toddler in the background struggling to do these sit-ups, and uh, Buff Baby Jr. is knocking them out of the park. Yeah, he's, okay, he's rattling off a few sit-ups now pretty easily. 
It's hard to tell if the other kid just doesn't want to do the sit-ups. <laughs> <laughs> he looks capable of doing it. I thought he was going to be like curling dumbbells and doing steroids and snorting creatine. Gotta be honest, wish I'd watched that video before uh, <laughs> before presenting that as evidence of the show. Um, wasn't great. He did a, he did a, he did a few sit ups and one chin up. But I will say, for a three year old, uh, <laughs> pretty good. I think they I think they've said he has uh, he has some kind of situation where he has uh, above average muscle growth. Right. A three year old being able to do what really it should take a seven year old or something to be able to do. And even if the three-year-old can do what the seven-year-old can, it's not that impressive because it turns out seven-year-olds aren't that strong either. <laughs> Still unnaturally strong. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Another unlikely superhuman comes in the form of Black Sabbath frontman Ozzy Osbourne. What? The age-old question is, how is he still alive after all the partying, drinking, and drug-taking he's done? It turns out he is a superhuman ability to party. I hate this. He had his genome sequence in 2010, and it contained a number of gene variants that were never seen before. They affect how the body absorbs speed and other drugs. This is not where I thought this episode was going at all. I thought it was going to be maybe talking about, you know, these old humans and how the genes have somehow passed on. And maybe there was like a secret government project or there are world record holders today that continue to break records with their unusual abilities. No, Ozzy Osbourne is breaking f-ing drug taking records. Yeah, that's not that doesn't that doesn't that's not paranormal. I don't think. But it's superhuman, which is paranormal. Ah, I guess yes, yeah, superhuman. You know, in our heads, we think it's being able to freaking fly or lift a truck over your head. The reality is, sometimes it means you can just do a lot of cocaine without having a heart attack. The pedantic among our listeners will say these are just medical conditions. But isn't that just a fancy word made up by scientists to put people in boxes? Did no. Spider-Man have a medical condition? No, he had superpowers. I think he did. I think that was, he was bitten by the spider, so. Another such example of a modern superhuman, Rory, is former MLB relief pitcher Antonio Alfonseca. Is it any coincidence that such a great pitcher, Rory, was born with a sixth finger on his pitching hand? I remember this guy. <laughs> 
I remember this guy. I swear I've watched him play before. Not live, but on TV. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. He was born with a rare genetic condition, which results in an extra finger or extra toe. Pretty hard to say if it's actually uh, influenced his career in a positive way. I just think it's pretty interesting. It definitely is. You know, I uh, people might not know this. I played for Ireland's National Little League baseball team. Um, and we competed internationally. Oh, we know because and, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the background to the whole Dublin Gorilla Man story. There was also, yes, uh, cryptid involved in one of our uh, one of our games. Uh, I was also the pitcher. I pitched for many years and on the cadets team after that. Now, I don't know if having that extra finger would necessarily help. It must have been on his put throwing a spin hand. on it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really hard to say. <laughs> I mean, it did some good for him, which is great. I mean, and also good for him being able to, you know, find a sport or an opportunity where possibly having that extra finger can really work for you. Over the most recent Tokyo Olympics, I heard an interesting story. And one of the commentators was like, yep, one of these divers has a rare condition where if his skin isn't the right temperature, he like breaks out in a crazy like skin condition. Whoa. Yeah, his like skin can't regulate its own temperature. And so he, he, even though he grew up like learning to swim and stuff, he quickly realized he couldn't swim. The doctor was like, you won't be able to swim um, if you stay in the water any longer than like 10 minutes a day. You'll, uh, you'll get this terrible skin condition. So yeah. he was like, cool, I'll just become a diver. You just dive in and get out again. Straight out. Isn't and he's fine. And, and, he's, and he's had this like crazy long Olympic career. That's incredible. So weird. Wow. The next person you might also have heard of, Elizabeth Taylor, famous actress, icon, and mutant? Oh, God. She had a rare condition called dystichia, where she had two sets of eyelashes, and she was famous for her beautiful violet eyes. I told you I was hungover at the start of this podcast, and I was hoping there was going to be an easy ride. And you're this telling is me, easy. I'm handing you a double yes and a f***ing plate. This, you're telling me Elizabeth famous. Taylor is a mutant because she has two sets of eyelids? And you think that's a superhuman ability? All right. I'm sensing a lot of hostility about this. I'm going to move on. People have looked for superhumans in the past. They have tried to even create superhumans in the past. Supposedly, in World War II, there were secret experiments conducted by the Nazis to create what they called Herrenfolk. A race of masters. There's a book called Hitler's Monsters that details the Nazi party's obsession with occult forces, mad scientists, fantastical weapons, and a superhuman Nazi master race. They famously developed super strong meth to make their soldiers into unstoppable machines. There were also rumored to be regiments they called the Nazi werewolves. These were supposedly <laughs> ultra-fierce fighters that terrorized allied groups and German citizens indiscriminately. Also, they took a lot of meth. <laughs> <laughs> meth was really the key factor in a lot of the super soldiers. I wish I hadn't mentioned the super strong meth. I, I, I was hoping that the investigation into superhumans wouldn't <laughs> reference super meth. Then there was Hitler's elite squad called the freaking Aryan Angel Men. <laughs> supposed to be the mo most perfect example of human form. They took so much meth, they went blind. Their hearts didn't stop, <laughs> which is pretty messed up. I guess, you know, if you, if you can't find a way to actually give men superhuman strength, 
the next best thing you can do is give them something that will make them believe they have superhuman strength. Right. Uh, this is kind of like um, convicts who take PCP, aka angel dust, right. and can suddenly break out of handcuffs in police custody <laughs> yeah. and like lift cars and it's stuff. Like, kind of super strength in a way. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely possible that this kind of information was uh, propaganda created by the Allied forces designed to stoke fear in the final months of the war. But it's hard to say. In 1945, there was a U.S. intelligence report that stated, the werewolf organization is not a myth. <laughs> it is one of the greatest threats to security in both the American and Allied zones of occupation. Oh my God. Which is exactly what you write the morning after you encountered the, the <laughs> Nazi werewolves. This should have been the whole episode. <laughs> the Nazi werewolves? Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have led with Ozzy Osbourne taking a lot of speed. Or showing me a three minute video of a baby doing sit-ups. <laughs> Why bury this part so deep in the episode? But Rory, with all this talk of superhumans, you know, I didn't want to like big up these superhumans and make our listeners at home feel uh, inadequate about their normal human abilities. Um, and I wanted to offer them an olive branch and say, you too can become superhuman right now. Here we go. Here we go. This is what everyone's been sticking around for. So here's just a couple of examples of um, superhuman abilities that you can acquire in this lifetime. This is usually the kind of shit we'd have locked away on a bonus episode, but because of the, let's face it, poor selection of evidence in this week's case. Wow. Uh, we're going to give you this one as a freebie. Yeah, okay. Said as the guy who didn't research this case. This was my plan all along. Power number one, controlling your body temperature. The method... Breathe deeply in an ice bath. By doing a combination of cold exposure and deep breathing, you can learn to have greater control over your own body temperature. We've talked about him before. Dutch fitness expert Wim Hof has mastered the art and can warm himself up at will, along with the ability to repress or supercharge his immune system. He made it to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro in just 28 hours, going topless the whole way, when it normally takes a week of climbers wearing uh, high-tech cold clothing. Wow. I guess that's similar to uh, coal walkers, you know, people who are able to walk on hot embers, uh, but by breathing and focusing, they can kind of switch that part of their brain off that's receptive to the heat. It's a similar kind of thing. Body control, temperature control. Mind over matter, man. Yeah. Bar number two, hold your breath real long. Is that a power? I think so. I guess how, how long are we holding it? A year? We still don't know the limits of the human ability to hold their breath underwater. It just takes practice. And at the moment, the record is 22 minutes. That's insane. And that's at a depth of 200 meters under the water. Holy shit. That's more than twice the height of the Statue of Liberty. Oh my, who said that? <laughs> I mean, that is borderline Aquaman levels of human ability. Let's finish with this one. This might be my favorite one. Power number three, sonar ability. The method, clicking with your tongue with your eyes closed. Humans can echolocate, just like bats, and researcher Amy's favorite, toothed whales. The most famous master of seeing with sound is Daniel Kish, an American man who lost his sight in childhood. He makes clicking sounds and listens hard for the resounding echo, allowing him to create a mental picture of his environment. 
this is basically Daredevil. Right, right, right. I think this is the entire premise of Daredevil, right? He gains the, he loses his sight, but gains the supernatural ability, the literal superpower to, yeah. to echolocate perfectly. His senses have, have been heightened. Yes. They call me the real life Batman. My claim to fame is that I click. Wow, and now he's riding the bike, using the clicking sounds to figure out where the obstacles are on the road. I mean, that's mental, isn't it? That's amazing. He's just, he's, just, he's cycling down like a, a perfectly large road, uh, echolocating his way down it. Hey, fair play to that guy. That is incredible. And here's another example uh, of a guy doing a similar technique called Ben Underwood. So how on earth does Ben do this? <laughs> he's sinking three pointers. Rollerblading. He's rollerblading. He's standing up doing tricks on a BMX. He's playing Nintendo DS. What? he's taught himself to see. How? How? If he chooses to go out there and, and ride that bicycle, let him ride the bicycle. It's gotta be I smart. agree. Somewhere in there, it's a little genius going on. <laughs> he I is. Ben, you gotta explain how you were just playing Nintendo 3DS. That's the one I don't quite get. <laughs> I don't know how you're bouncing the sound off the walls of the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, that's f***ing nuts, though. Um, yeah. You know, I am conscious that it is a giant misconception, isn't it? That, oh, you lose one sense and your others get heightened. And and I've heard people say that's just not true. It's not how it works. And yeah. it's and I think that's part of why we don't expect people who are visually impaired to do this. Um, so, but arguably that just makes it even more interesting from the perspective of to find out if superhumans are really real. Have they developed unique techniques or are they built different? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, and then I guess when, when it comes down to whether or not it's paranormal, that's where we got to make our decision between paranormal and subnormal. I have arguably painted a messy, distracting picture. Yeah. And I probably could have focused more on the couple of really interesting and persuasive cases. The Nazi werewolves, for one. I think we really glossed over that. We went straight from buff baby a quick dip into Nazi werewolves, and then you told me about a guy who's allergic to water who trains as a diver. It's because there's video of the world's strongest toddler, and there isn't video of the, of Nazi werewolves. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. This is going to be a hard one to kind of like wrangle together for a conclusion. I agree. Thoughts? Have superhumans existed and or do they exist and walk among us? Yeah, they do. We just learned. Someone who can hold their breath underwater for 22 minutes, that's a superhuman. By definition, you are not a normal human. You have abilities higher than that of an average human. I would say I would consider that to be super. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's whether or not that comes from uh, a place in a world in science or a world of the paranormal. Superhumans are real? That's a yes. Are they paranormal? I'm gonna say no. Uh, I agree, I'm happy to go with a no today um, because the evidence I showed you for the evidence of uh, superhumans was a baby doing one pull-up. <laughs> right, yeah. So fair enough. That's not, that's, we all agree that's not paranormal. God damn, double no. I feel like we Perhaps. gotta, I, I need to, I feel like we've lost our way. We need to like get back in touch with 
Um, you can't say that we, after we, you've done a case. We need to get back in where touch. Where you hadn't even watched the evidence no, before. Hear me out here. We need to get back in touch with uh, what necessitates a yes and what necessitates a no. Okay. Because even as I say no, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, we gave Atlantis a double yes. Uh, well, that, that's true. Just because it literally existed. That's yeah, because Which there's less evidence of, by the way, than uh, superhuman abilities. <laughs> that question at the end of that podcast was, is Atlantis real? Yeah. And we said, yes, it okay, was. Okay. We didn't say it was made of fairy dust and mermaid people. Okay. But we were like, it is real. So we've had a couple of those before. If you want to say, are superhumans real? Absolutely. I'll give that a double yes right now. Okay. And you don't deserve it. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You got the double yes out of you. Granted, it took an hour and a half. I'm bitter. I'm bitter that that case got a double yes. Because <laughs> I said Elizabeth Taylor had double eyelashes. <laughs> Is she? You said she's got double eyelashes. Is she a mutant? Not even superhuman. It's a mutation. It, you took a <laughs> whole different approach. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? If we want to say, hey, are superhumans real? I'll throw my yes in the ring for that. You heard it here first. Superhumans are real. Double yes, baby. I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. I mean, am I a superhuman for doing for that many shots last night? And podcasting? No. Yeah. No. I guess it's like it's How many shots was it? It was well three. You know, so not then, that many. Definitely not. I had a cocktail, I had a beer as well, so it's a couple other drinks were being added up on drinks. top. It's like technically binge drinking, but it's like not that impressive. Well, I didn't drink a lot of water either. Is that superhuman? I was super dehydrated last night and I woke up with a, with a super headache and super diarrhea. Okay, that's more so than enough information, <laughs> more than too much. Is it, is it, it is abnormal that I've managed to podcast feeling this ill. So I guess, yeah, it is a double yes. And I'll join the ranks along with these incredible people. The super baby? The soup, I'll join the super baby. This, this is my team, the super baby. super baby. Oh, watch it. Okay. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this investigation into all things superhumans. Thank you to Amy Grisdale for researching this one and to Kami Toman for editing it. If you thought this week's episode uh, was a bit too nuts for you, a bit too haphazard, you didn't enjoy babies doing pull-ups as evidence, um, I'm so sorry. And make sure to tune in again next week. If you thought it was f***ing brilliant, boy, do I have a product (laughs) for you. Over on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life for the last four years, we've been uploading a bonus episode a month. There's now 45 or so full length episodes of this paranormal life, and they tend to cover much wilder topics. Oh, yeah. Do you remember in the story when we talked about that, that woman who can remember everything that's happened in our life? We can't remember everything that's happened in our life because once a month, we offload all that trauma into a bonus episode and upload it onto the internet. It's Pandora's box, guys. And you're going to want to open it up and have a little peek. So make sure to head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Check out the rewards, support the show and get tons of bonus content in return. The links are, of course, in the description of this episode. So again, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We will, of course, be back on Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. Oh, yeah. See you then. Bye-bye.